0: Welcome back to Ravens Recap. It is a new season, a new Ravens team, new Broncos team. The same result when it's the Ravens versus the Broncos and Peyton Manning or Jake Plummer is not starting on the opposite end. Ravens come out victorious, expose some shortcomings of the previously undefeated Broncos in a dominant game, definitely the most complete game they've played of the season so far, And we're here to talk about it. A lot of good things that happened in that game. A couple things the Ravens probably need to clean up going forward. But overall, guys, I think we got to look at this win as a pretty big one. team going on the road to a stadium that's notoriously hard to get a win in in September. And doing so in a dominating fashion, both on defense and uh, surprisingly through the air, too.
1: Yeah, certainly uh, hearing the game time news that uh, Tyson Williams is going to be inactivated for this game was, I think, big for a lot of us. Um, you know, out of the all the backs that the Ravens have, certainly uh, benching the one who has the most experience in your system seemed like an interesting call, to say the least. But even with that news, the Ravens, it looked like they were coming in this game and they were determined to pass the ball. And boy, did they do that today, uh, ending up with the, the second I think it was the second game that Lamar Jackson has had over 300 passing yards. That's pretty cool. It is cool,
2: and I think it's awesome to see that the Ravens can win this way. It seemed like the idea was, oh, if we can stop the run, we'll be able to uh, to beat them. And then they gave single coverage to guys like Duvernay and Proche, and they just shook their heads and were like, "You can't do that," you know. And that's 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 exactly what you want to see out of a dynamic offense. There's conversations on Twitter like, can you stop this offense when you have these kind of pass catchers, this kind of success from Lamar Jackson, Bateman on its way, and you know still being able to run the ball at a decently good clip? And I honestly think the answer is no. Like You can try your best to stop the run and try not to have us get 100 yards, but you're going to die through the air. And uh, this is just, uh, I mean, the Denver Broncos are a no-joke defense. They're going to have great performances the rest of the year. I think they had a decent performance against us. But at the end of the day, we're able to capitalize on the compromises that they're giving us. And that's just bad news for them.
0: Yeah, it was certainly an interesting game plan defensively by the Broncos, but it was a lot of similar to what we saw Detroit do the previous week. They put a lot of guys in the box, dared the Ravens to run with uh, the Ravens showed up with on Sunday. Uh, If they had showed up with that stable of running backs in 2016 rather than 2021 you're really going to fear that but <laughs> in 2021 it, it kind of seemed you know like an odd strategy the ravens have shown that they have got pass catchers that can that can do things now and lamar has improved as a passer and it's going to be interesting to see as the season goes along our teams going to start respecting lamar as a passer if the Ravens continue to to roll through secondaries like they should have done against Detroit without the drop balls and and were able to do
2: against Denver. Find out the next episode of the Ravens versus the Colts (laughs) now. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think it looks promising for the Ravens. It really does. This is exactly the game they needed after a very crazy start to the season. Uh, This game was kind of boring in a way. They weren't up first. The Broncos were up 7 to nothing, which was kind of frustrating. You're like, oh, we can see how this narrative could play out, that they lose. But after that, they dominated. And honestly, once Drew Laserlock lock came in, I knew that uh, we might be all right.
1: Yeah, honestly, I mean, I think that was really the turning point. I mean, the first quarter was back and forth. Um, neither offenses really could get anything going. It was a really tight game. But yeah, once that happened, it really opened the game up and then you know, by the time the second half rolled around. I mean, the Ravens were completely just dominating that game.
0: Yeah, I did see on some, um, a couple independent NFL um, analysis of the game. Some people suggested that the Broncos looked like they were finally getting something together on offense and defense, and this would be a different game if Bridgewater hadn't gone down. I don't know if that's the case. I, I, I think that the Ravens, had that offense figured out with Bridgewater in there without, obviously it became an easier game when he was down. But um, <laughs> reading through some of the uh, um, articles put up by Broncos beat reporters and and uh, fans, uh, I don't really think they got the the sense that it would have been different if Teddy stayed in there. Maybe they would have gotten an, another score, but I think the Ravens came in with a great game plan and they were ready for, for either quarterback to come in there and just, just take away what, That team had been doing. Um, You didn't really see. I mean, Noah Fant got a touchdown, uh, pretty much all he did on the day, aside for some short passes here and there. But I think we got to really give a lot of credit to the secondary here. Beat up. Deshaun Elliott's not there. Marcus Peters obviously isn't going to be there all season. Jimmy Smith and Tavon Young are still battling to get back to full strength. And Broncos still had Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, two guys who can burn you. And they had pretty nondescript games on Sunday.
1: Yeah, I thought overall, yeah, those guys did pretty well. I mean, good performances, obviously for Marlon Humphrey. I thought another solid game. Uh, Anthony Averitt, again, I think is. I think Wink called it a few weeks ago when Peters went down. He was like, "We already got to have a starter in Averitt. I think he's looked really great. Just very sticky in man coverage, and now has two interceptions on the season. I think to show for it, he had some pretty tight coverage on Sutton for, on a lot of plays that I saw for him for. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot to like there. Uh, Brandon Stevens as well, I thought, uh, looked pretty good, um, primarily taking over for Deshaun Elliott. Tackling as well, I think, just across the board from all those guys. Aside from that one run from Javante Williams in the, I don't remember, the first or second quarter. Aside from that, pretty much I thought the Ravens definitely improved, I think, in that area over the last couple of weeks.
2: I tell you, man, Averitt's price just keeps going up. I wish we had extended him already and it's starting to get worse and worse maybe they tried to and he knew that he could trust on his ability maybe get an opportunity to show it this season and he's being highlighted and being a star um every time i hear a podcast talk about you know it doesn't follow the ravens closely like oh the only person in their secondary is uh is marlon humphrey i'm like yeah i hope the coaches think that too because uh Averett's a stud <laughs> clark's a stud uh Elliot can play really well. Uh <laughs> Stevens is doing all right. Like yeah, keep sleeping on these Ravens. Like you don't even know. Uh so that's that's it's awesome. Uh Averett's playing great and I think we have to give him an extra shout out for having been hampered in practice all week. I'm sure he's not 100% and he's still played great. So uh with that though, let's let's talk about Chuck Clark, man. He is quietly having one of the best safety performances. Uh, I think he should be a pro bowler at this rate. Um, going to definitely vote for him, etc. But yeah, he's been playing just awesome. I see here uh, copy and paste for every Ravens recap <laughs> episode at this point. Uh, <laughs> that's awesome, right? Like this guy just keeps producing. Um, he's wearing the green dot. He is what makes this defense steady. And I tell you, you know, uh, we will talk about it. There have been tackling issues uh, it's not Chuck Clark with these issues, no. and um, and if we get that cleaned up, and his steadiness that he brings, it'll be a very solid defense.
0: Yeah, Clark has quickly become, I think, the second most dependable player on this defense. Number one being Humphrey, um, he just brings it every week, and you know he does a lot of little things. Doesn't always make the big highlight play, but you know sometimes we'll get in there for a sack or an interception. Um, just was all over the field again and it broke up a couple passes and you, what the Bridgewater and Locke, neither of them were really challenging him too much his side of the field Uh yeah <laughs> just it, it continues to be incredible how much the Ravens are getting out of this former fifth round pick just incredible incredible to their scouting department yet again sorry sixth round pick six round pick Chuck Clark yeah that's right Second best player
2: on a very talented Ravens defense. Yeah, I mean, I I personally think I would go with Clayus Campbell as my number two. But that is no slight to Clark. Obviously, Campbell's having a legendary uh, career uh, and and, an excellent season. His level of play in his hometown of Denver was super high. You just see him wrecking plays constantly. He's the guy that when you need the big stop on run D, he always seems to be there. I just... Love the way he plays, man. And, and you know, he's a leader in that locker room. He broke the huddle after the game. Great addition by the front office just for a measly, what, fourth-round pick? Fifth-round pick. Fifth-round pick. Look at us overestimating everything <laughs> today. <laughs> that's how unbelievable it all is. Just the value. Yeah, it's like <laughs> value town, dude.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, going up, uh, that's a good segue, actually. We should probably talk about the defensive line a little bit. I know, uh, at least on the stat sheet, Ty Bowser was definitely a standout player this past Sunday. I think he ended up with two sacks, almost three, honestly, um, yep. maybe, maybe even four at some point. And he was giving Garrett Bowles all kinds of trouble on that side. And the other guy who I thought had an excellent game as well, he just continues to perform for a guy who nobody thought was going to be ready at this point, Odafe Owe, again, just I feel like he had a great contribution to uh, all the plays that Bowser was able to end up he was just wrecking guys up in the middle he wasn't rushing as much from the edge but just sort of providing constant pressure on the inside and and moving the blockers around and I have to say it was a great game plan by Wink to to get that given that the two starting guards for the Broncos were out I really think he opened up the pass rush for the rest of the team
0: yeah the Ravens definitely exploited that and the pass rush was one of the put on one of the best performances that we've seen from this team in the past couple of seasons. Again, as we said, part of it was aided by injury, but you know, you're going up against who the other team is putting on the field. We've seen the Ravens go into these situations before recently where they look like they have a great matchup and they're not able to capitalize on it. So I think we still have to look at that and give credit where it's due for the them having a great game plan there and really forcing the Broncos to really never get much of a of a groove on offense. The defense was, with the pass rush, you had the five sacks, and then also just 11 quarterback hits. It was very rare that you could see all these guys with a clean pocket back there, Bridgewater or Locke. And Clayus Campbell, we talked about him earlier, he had three quarterback hits and... Just it—it it was just unfair. It was just unfair that the Ravens had Calais Campbell there going up against those guards. He had a monster game, and you could tell that he—he he knew that the, that the matchup wasn't as hard for him. He there we looked. Hmm. There was a couple plays, at least one I can think of where he ran down running back on a screen, and he—he he looked pretty fast there. I want to say a little bit younger than than uh, what he currently is is what he looked like on Sunday, but. Yeah, I, this was a huge game for Campbell, and I think Justin Matabuke also had his first truly great game of this season. He had was in there for the sack, and he had a tip pass as well, uh, a couple penetrations. Uh, big game for Justin Matabuke.
2: 11 QB hits blows my mind, guys. First time I'm seeing that stat, but totally believe it based off of how the game went yesterday unbelievable man and you know this is exactly what the ravens needed we knew that they had their guards missing we knew we could exploit them and we did it and that's what's important right like it's nothing's more frustrating than knowing there's a uh, vulnerability and not being able to execute on it we've seen that in the past but not this time uh Matibuke, like you said great play always closing speed dude like that's what i was saying like you missed in the box score like obviously great closing speed on that sack but there's a couple times that he just like was right there on the play the second he gets loose he will be impact coming soon he's the guy who knocked out uh bridgewater not that i condone concussion hits or anything <laughs> but like you know he was right there yeah. and uh it's a, a fact delivered a hit <laughs> yeah yeah like yeah, yeah like he just walloped him dude he came in fiery hot um Clark almost killed a man, too, in this game. So, like, I tell you, when the tackles were good, they were good. <laughs> but, uh...
1: I think it was yeah. going on on both that, sides, though. I mean, talking about it, like, yeah, when the Ravens were hitting hard, I think the Broncos were hitting hard. I mean, some of the hits that they had on uh, Lamar in the pocket, like, sheesh.
2: Yeah, no, definitely. That one when he got, like, flipped was nuts. It's like, that's why his back hurts.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it was a surprisingly chippy game for two teams that really don't have much of a history with each other. I mean, obviously, there's the playoff game. But, you know, other than that, it's just like I don't think either team really views each other as a rival. But, yeah, there were some, some big hits by both the Ravens and the Broncos on the quarterbacks that weren't flagged and and, you, and it was a little questionable as to whether or not they should have been. So, yeah, that was that was definitely an interesting aspect of the of Sunday's
2: game. Vic Fangio, known grumpy boy on the Internet today, I tell you that that guy. I think I think there is now a rivalry. Like uh, Harb said in his presser, they thought he, they were on good terms, but Jesus, like the the insults getting thrown back and forth, unreal, unreal. Yeah, I
0: mean, I don't really understand what the Broncos were upset about at the end there. I mean, I can kind of get it if it's a divisional game and there is all that built up rivalry and the teams and the fan bases generally do hate each other. Yeah, it makes a little more sense there, but I don't know if, if the Broncos are going for that, for that record. And, and they did a, re- a play at the end. I, I can't really see the Ravens fan base being too upset about that, but maybe I'm underestimating. that.
2: <laughs> no, we wouldn't be, I tell you, man, I, I really don't think we would be. I honestly think that their culture there is shot to hell. Like I'll be completely Frank. I can't believe the fact that there's all this outrage and, uh, I think if you wouldn't go for it in that situation, I mean, it's it's been played out a lot on the line, but I, I think it has to be said here. Like, if you're going to call three timeouts when you're down 16 points and be throwing the ball with 10 seconds left uh, instead of just kneeling it and you're going to talk about player safety, like, you're full of shit, all right? <laughs> like, that's all I have to say about that. You gave us the opportunity. We took it. Tough potatoes. Like, I, I couldn't believe how, like, upset he was on the sideline. What a loser
1: yeah they also I mean they also could have stopped it too in which case like the Ravens wouldn't have tied the record and you know nobody talks about it because they didn't tie it right but the only fact that anybody's talking about it is because they obviously they tied the record and it was a big deal for the Ravens but I don't know the two things I kind of see is like one Vic is already like an old school coach that's how some of them think dinosaur like, that's that's fine yeah I mean you know whatever <laughs> I mean if, Har- if Harbaugh never embraced analytics like he could have very well been the same guy So uh, that's fine. The other thing I kind of look at, too, is that we we know the Ravens are here. They're one of the top teams. I feel like that kind of just puts a target on their back. I mean, look, aside from the Chiefs game, who are even bigger than the Ravens, look at the other three weeks. The Raiders, even though they won, had issues with the Ravens tackling on Hunter Renfro, and they called that in. That was a big deal online. The Lions game, everybody was upset about the missed delay of game penalty, which you know, legitimate, like that's fine, but it doesn't excuse all the other penalties that happened in the rest of the game, right? And now you have this one. So I just feel like the Ravens are an easy target because they're winning and because they're so good. And so people just make a big deal about it because it's that's just kind of what you do. So, yeah,
2: it's whatever. I appreciate the defense coming up big, man. Marlon Humphrey said on Twitter today that he knew what the rushing total was the whole game and they wanted to get that turnover so they could get it. <laughs> And I, You know, that's what I'm talking about, man. That's why I I think that thing matters, is it was a team effort. It's season-long effort. It's it's generations of players' effort. So glad the team was able to pull it off. So glad that uh, Harbs did it. Um, I think it was absolutely the right call, exactly what I would have done. And honestly, I think exactly what the fan base would have done. I think every single person in the fan base gets it. I think it's a culture that we've built here in Baltimore, Um, and it's a beautiful thing. So, as always, I appreciate this franchise. I feel humbled to be a fan. And uh, it, it's awesome. I think something worth pointing out with all these uh, positives is the middle linebacker play coming in. We were wondering, you know, is uh, Bynes going to be the mic? Uh, are they going to sit Queen? And they did. He did miss a couple snaps. There were definitely some moments uh, that he got pulled out for lesser play. But he seemed to have some good plays later on. And overall, like, I think his growth will come. I'm not, I'm not willing to give up on him at all. And I understand there's like frustration in the fan base and 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 the coaches um, with effort and on some plays. I think I I truly do think it will come. I think I think the guy's conflicted, right? So you had a guy last year who was too aggressive at times and got burned by not like sticking to his roles, and now he's getting like he's doing too much uh, hesitation, (laughs) you know. Uh, I, I think he'll figure it out. I'm giving him time. He's such a young player. Um, I think he'll pull it together. Yeah, I mean, some players, it just it just takes him a
0: little while. Um, look at Cordero Patterson breaking everyone's fantasy uh, teams yesterday. Uh <laughs> was the first round pick of Minnesota, and he's having a career year at 30. So, I mean, yeah, I, th- I think that he's shown some improvement from last year, and it's just it kind of feels like a broken record <laughs> with these first four games this year. He'll make a couple of plays that make you say, oh, wow, the total playmaker on this defense. That's why they drafted him. And then there'll be a handful of plays where it's rushing play and he's not being able to shed a block or he's making a poor effort on a tackle. And, and Chuck Clark or Marlon Humphrey has to come in and clean it up. He's going through some growing pains. Uh, you know the, But like we continue to say, he was drafted a little early. He's a young guy. Still just 22 years old and just turned 22 years old back in August. So he's got some growing to do. And, you know, I think there's, with the athleticism that he has, there's a lot of potential there. I will say one guy, I do think Malik Harrison played a slightly better game on Sunday than what we had seen the previous couple of weeks, um, at least from the run department. There were a couple of plays where I thought he shed some blockers really well and did some Tackle the ball carrier outside the tackles uh, for short gains. Pass protection, yeah, he's still working on that. But it was good to see that him at least get involved there. Um, I thought he actually had a, a solid game from a run defense standpoint.
1: Yeah, I certainly think with the Ravens having so much depth on the roster, albeit you know with some injuries so far, their depth is still pretty good. So I, I don't mind kind of sitting some of the players or reducing their snap count to kind of give other players' chances to play early. I think the experience for everybody is, is always a good thing, right? So, I, you know, I'd much rather have a little bit of game time experience for all the guys on the roster. That way, you know, they're good down the stretch and they're prepared for what's to come, especially with the extended season this year. I think it's going to be even more important.
2: I think it's a great transition to the offense, Chris. Uh, obviously, Tyson Williams, as we mentioned at the top, a somewhat surprised, inactive, not total shocker, given the fact that they... Made it pretty clear that Le'Veon Bell is going to get some action. I thought they would deactivate Freeman. I still think they should deactivate Freeman, uh, <laughs> but it is what it is. I am not concerned. Uh, apparently, fantasy Twitter says that Tyson's over. The Tyson experience is over. It's uh, uh, Murray's backfield. I don't buy that for a second. If you want to give me Tyson Williams in any fantasy league that I'm in, I will gladly take him. I do not believe he's out uh, <laughs> at all. From this uh, Ravens running game, he's clearly the guy with the most juice. I think Le'Veon Bell has some juice, and Murray has some use cases. I don't really see Freeman existing on this roster. I feel like he's the guy that you uh, put on the practice squad when you elevate Bateman. That's my my two cents there. So, I, I think that was really interesting. From a maybe they were just trying to save Tyson, really get a look at all these other guys. Felt like against the Broncos, they could weather that storm. Uh, which feels a little like iffy for be a non-defeated team, good defense, etc. But it is what it is. What did you guys think? It was confusing
0: again. Like you said, uh, what's Freeman really bringing to this offense? We still really don't know. Um, he he doesn't have the speed that he used to have. Bell and Murray are both well-traveled veterans who know how to play football, and even though they're not the phys- physical um don't have the physical skills that they used to have. If they didn't want to play Williams because of, you know, they wanted more veteran guys in there, Freeman seems redundant there. And the only thing I can think of is they were worried about Tyson Williams from a pass protection standpoint, and that Denver front seven, we knew was going to be an issue. Uh, The Ravens did a pretty good job against them, but Lamar – had to scramble quite a bit. Didn't always have a clean pocket. Although, actually, the the Ravens offensive line from a pass protection standpoint, I thought had some, some really good sets. But Williams, it's been noted that his pass protection needs work. But, I mean... <laughs> The Murray, Freeman, and Bell all need work getting back into NFL game shape from a rushing perspective. So it, it, it just doesn't, I don't know. I, I get the argument, but it's still confusing why you don't at least have the guy who's currently has the youngest, freshest, best legs on the team at least as your third down back for the game.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of with you there. I feel like if, it's, if you're trying to make a decision of having the best 46 active on game day keeping tyson on the bench is seems counterintuitive to that uh, because he's definitely one of the top 46 i don't know i guess the way i rationalize it is one it could just be a rest day for tyson uh, because we do want him down the stretch at least i want him down the stretch the other thing is i guess with the other three guys like they've had some practice time but i think there is something to be said about just game action I don't know maybe the Ravens are also getting have to make that decision too with Boykin and and Bateman coming back uh, there's going to have to be probably some tougher calls and one of those running backs isn't going to be there so they need to figure out what they have you know get a little bit more game film from some of those guys to make that decision Um, I think Murray definitely is going to be here he seems like our number two or you know arguably number one I guess depending on how you look at it with Tyson yeah Freeman Jerry seems out but honestly like with Bell he had his first carries and He didn't really have all that much he got involved a little bit but it was still very sparingly so I'd say RB3 is kind of uh, up in the air still so maybe there might be more clarity this week against the Colts Uh, we'll have to see I know Harbaugh said that you know Bateman and Boykin would both have a chance to come back this week but that wasn't a guarantee so you know I'd say they probably have another week maybe two at most to uh, make that decision on the third running back spot
2: yeah really confusing to see what the gymnastics will be Um, we'll get to the wide receiver course shortly but uh, definitely scratch my head how They're going to figure this all out. As far as Williams, I did hear a rumor that there was uh, some locker room issues with him that his head was getting a little too big. I don't know how much I like weigh into that, but we do know how real the Harbaugh doghouse can be. I think he's gotten out of that lately. Like you can go in now ahead and talk about Hollywood's bounce back game. He ends up usually leaning on guys that make mistakes and saying, hey, I know you can do it. Uh, and gives him another chance. But maybe, uh, you know, obviously Hollywood and Tyson Williams are different levels of uh, respect on the roster, so to speak, and pedigree. We'll see. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing Tyson hopefully back uh, active next week against the Colts. But uh, let's talk about Hollywood, man. What a bounce back. That uh, Superman catch for the touchdown, 49 yards. Mm. I uh, hate to say that I did not see it live, but I have seen it plenty since. (laughs) <laughs> it was literally i went to grab i went to grab everyone a beer and they i think they came back from commercial and scored super fast <laughs> so i missed it uh and uh yeah it was
0: awesome though I was trying to remember when was that play in the game
1: i think it was the late second quarter i believe
2: early second Four. quarter second quarter uh eight minutes and 40 seconds to start the drive and it did not take long to call god with the hollywood touchdown there you go yeah, I think he uh he
0: definitely made up for those drops from last week, which is that one there. No drops for Hollywood on the day, four for five on targets. I will say though, it'll be interesting if defensive coordinators wanna actually, you know, try and cover this guy because <laughs> they're just leaving them wide open and they're just I don't know what they're expecting. This guy's got speed. He seems to be the healthiest that we've seen him in this career, and he's getting some more yak out there because he's not afraid to to risk taking big hits and he's fighting for extra yards. Really seems to be doing a good job there. Just just blasting by people and, and finding soft spots in the zone. Uh, there was an excellent play. I think it was in the second half where Lamar was looking for something deep, couldn't find it. Brown just found a soft spot in the zone and he took it for... Uh, some nice yak after that where he was just wide open. So he's had an excellent first four weeks. Um, I'll even include the game against Detroit because he got so wide open, and I think we're going to see those drops as as an anomaly. Um, Last year, he had several weeks in a row where he struggled. This year, he bounced right back from just one bad game. So I think that he's matured as a player and ready to be a number one is he going to be an alpha I don't know but he certainly looks like a number one receiver at the moment, but again <laughs> we're gonna to have to see how he does if teams start to you know do some press coverage against him you know some man start to you know make him really fight to get separation because that's some places where he struggled last year but really hasn't been presented with that
2: uh type of matchup through these first four games I'm trying to find the play I can't find it in my notes I know the one you're talking about though where he throws it to Hollywood, he does a little turnaround, and I thought he was gone. I threw up the, I threw up the touchdown sign prematurely. Unfortunately, he got tripped up because you know how fast that guy can run and he had one guy to beat and he just barely just barely didn't get out of his grasp. Uh, I, was, I was hoping for another another touchdown from the young man, but uh just just awesome man, just awesome. The guy can play and uh, it's funny like a lot of people thought he would break out last year. People thought it didn't happen. And then the last couple games happened, and they're like, is it, is it for real? I think it's for real. And he put in some work with these uh, new coaches. And I think if it's not clear enough because of his development, let's talk about Duvernay and Prochet and how they developed year over year. Prochet with the best game of his career. A Prochet day, as I put in the notes. Uh, and then Duvernay also had some uh, good moments. Key first downs. And uh, exciting 42-yard return to allow the Ravens to get an extra three points before half.
0: Yeah, it was a great day for Prochet. Um, I think I have in the notes uh, on his, his big catch of the day, they ran the, the Perryman special, right? <laughs> the two <laughs> the two drags over the middle of the field. The defenders got caught up in the, the bunch and just left Prochet wide open. That was the play that the Ravens loved to run with Perryman back in 2016, but got to see some speed from Prochet, got again to see him make another great catch. Uh, had to really lay out his hands, do a fingertips crutch off a pass that was a little low coming from Lamar. Yeah, and Duvernay also in there with uh, some key catches and had an excellent punt return, set up a field goal before the half for the Ravens. Um, it's great. You love to see it. You love to see these guys step up and it's making the jobs for for Hollywood and and, and Andrews that much easier. You saw Like, we already talked about how Hollywood's been open. Uh, Andrews has been getting some of the softest coverage that we've seen in his career the past two weeks, Uh, just getting it wide open, no one around him uh, making those easy catches. And that's what we said. We said that was what we were expecting to see from this offense. Granted, we were thinking it was going to come from Watkins and Bateman. Watkins has delivered some of it, but Prochet and Duvernay, at least for right now, are are starting to step up and, and make some big contributions to take some weight off the off the top guys and give them some easier looks.
1: Yeah, I thought that was a really big key for the Ravens' offense overall. It was just uh, it seemed like everybody was getting open. There were just opportunities for a lot of people. Hollywood was performing. Andrew Z again had really soft coverage. Justin Simmons had I think some trouble on a few plays, just being able to catch up with him and kind of you know break his as pe- uh, catch radius, but just wasn't able to do that for most of the game. I think it's going to be a real problem of just when these other two guys, Bateman and Boy can come back because you're going to have to make some of these hard decisions of, of who you're going to bench. Yeah. It's, uh, you hate to say it, but I mean, Prochet or DuVernay, I think both of them are kind of like they're on that list. One of them may be benched, you know, maybe not for the whole season, but at least for a couple of games. Uh, Tylon Wallace is probably another guy who might, you know, see the, see the bench as well. Uh, he's pretty much only contributing to special teams at this point, but I mean, what a what a difference from last year when, or, you know, the year before that where everybody was talking about the Ravens don't have any receivers, nobody's good and everything. And and now with these, you know, the new coaches that came in, uh, it's just, you see the potential from everybody and you're just like, you know, I want to see all these guys play and get opportunities and it's a great problem to have, you know, same thing with cornerback that we had over the, over the past few years as well, but somebody's got to be on the bench.
0: But isn't it great that we're finally here? When was the last time we were talking about, oh man, we got so many receivers? Who's going to sit?
1: It's awesome. It's awesome. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I love, dude, I, I love the talk with Hollywood, man. I just, I really love how the way he's been playing. It's just like, you, you can just see it. He's just playing with a whole lot more confidence and just, uh, it's just awesome. I mean, yeah, Duvernay with that, I think he had that third and six catch uh, where he had, he took a hit to be able to get that one. That was one I was actually particularly surprised about because, um, you know, we haven't seen too much from him. He's he's had a few deep shots here or there. He sort of got open, just hadn't had the speed to get under the ball. Uh, a few other ones, he just dropped the pass, wasn't able to make a play. But that third and sixth uh, catch that he got in this game, I was just like, oh, man, okay. Well, now I can kind of see where the coaches are coming from. He's big, he's strong. Like, that was a heck of a play to make. So, um, yeah, obviously Prochet as well, making the most of his opportunities. So, yeah, it's it's uh, it's awesome, man. I love to see it.
2: Yep. Prochet, man. I, I think he's a lock to stay in. I think Duvernay, in the way he's been returning, I think he's uh, leading the league in punt return yards. And great way to bounce back to with the 42-yarder because I know when he called fair catch inside the five, uh, Harv's was shaking his head. That's oh, yeah. You're, you're supposed to play it, but he redeemed himself. I think he has to be a part of it. I think it, it has to be Tylen Wallace, unfortunately, that takes a step back, which is, is incredible because like there's no way you cut the guy. The guy's too good to cut. Can say that with confidence, uh, even without having ever seen him like, you know, necessarily practice. I I just think like he's been putting a lot of effort on special teams, but I think you have to say Duvernay, Prochet, one of you guys have to play the special teams position now. And we know they have, so it's not like a new thing for them, because they're contributing on offense in such a way that's awesome. You know, I I I am just so proud of these guys. Um having these step up games, you know, it, it took a couple games to get there. And now it's just, it's, it's working through, man. I, I believe in them.
0: And I know we're not going to be the first people to say it, but I think it still bears mentioning this is going to help out Rashad Bateman's development so much um, is just Prochet and DuVernay able to do their thing. The Ravens don't need to rush Bateman back and they don't need to put him in a ton of high pressure situations right away. They can let him go at his own pace, try and figure out the NFL game and, 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 working through recovery of his injury and just kind of bring him along until, you know, hopefully he's full strength by the end of the season when it's getting into the the games where you're jockeying for position and playoff seating. And then obviously the playoffs, you know, I, I think that the, just with the depth you've got there right now, it, it might be a few weeks before we see Bateman really go out there and have a monster game. But I think that it's going to be for his benefit and it's going to be, you know, an investment and these guys are going to allow that to happen.
1: Can you imagine if he came out and had a game like always had the first four weeks? That
0: would be incredible. And I think, I think it's totally possible for if the Ravens put him back when his body is just right. Cause we saw some of the plays he was making at that open stadium practice. Uh, guy looks polished. Guy looks like a, a true number one receiver we're all impatient for this. We're all going to be super excited when he finally steps on the field. But
1: <laughs> I would, yeah. I would be, I man, all of us would be ecstatic if we had like the next coming of like, I, I hate to say this yet, but like you know, like a Larry Fitzgerald, Anquan Bolden, like that one and two with Bateman in Hollywood. Oh my God, that would be amazing. I'm
2: jealous that listener Brian already has a Bateman jersey, dude. The guy's called his shot. He hasn't even played a down yet in the NFL uh <laughs> he's, he is ready <laughs> i love it i love it and i'm telling you man i'll be frank like i'm talking about going to this game uh, against the colts uh for a variety of reasons one of them is if if Bates makes his appearance but if uh we found out the week after is when Bates makes his appearance i'll be a little disappointed because i'm definitely not going to go that one uh <laughs> for, for familial uh commitments but uh <laughs> i really would want to <laughs> oh man yeah like i, I definitely want to see the bateman show uh hopefully sometime this year maybe the packers game because I, I do hope to go to that one as well but uh uh yeah dude this guy uh we're all very impatient to see it obviously I, i'm just, i'm excited that his uh recovery seems to be going pretty well and uh i think with that that we should talk about some injury news that we heard so villanueva got hurt in this game uh but apparently not serious just uh the same injury that he kind of like had had before flared up a bit Tyree Phillips timeline is weeks, not months, according to Harbaugh's presser today, which is really, really good news, because when uh, Villanueva went down and we had to see the Andre Smith experience, uh, who even even Harbs pointed out was breathing heavy, uh, <laughs> you know, he he I think he stood in there decent, but uh, definitely, you know, <laughs> not the guy we want to see there. Just hope that Villanueva gets healthy, uh, Stanley gets healthy, Phillips gets healthy. That's really encouraging signs for the Ravens. And also, I guess, uh, briefly about the defense, Derek Wolf, um, apparently, when he got put on the IR, it's not because he's still hurt, it's actually to get him in game shape. So the back's starting to feel good now, and now the point is, get him ready for game shape so that when he's uh, you know, fully back with it, he can make an del- uh, impact for this defense, which is uh, pretty exciting. Uh, for a Ravens team that's had nothing but bad news with injuries, this is uh, some good news finally. Yeah, definitely. I
0: mean... <sighs> I think we got to love where the Ravens are sitting right now. We were all a little nervous after the, the debacle in Vegas. You know, is this team too thin at the O-line shot with Villanueva and you know, does the Ravens really have the run game. That's going to work here. I think that question is still to be answered, but credit to Harbs and the coaching staff. They're doing some creative things here with the players who are currently healthy and you, you know, this team looks right now like they're one of the top teams in the AFC and they're only gonna get healthier.
1: Yeah, I mean I, I gotta say even even with the injuries and you know, hopefully those guys are gonna be able to come back. You know, it's we can talk about offensive line a little bit. I thought, yeah, when even when Andre Smith went in, he had some pretty decent reps, at least as far as I was concerned. I mean he didn't look as bad, I think, as, as what I expected, um, or as what is what I saw in the preseason. But frankly, like I thought his game tape was pretty awful in the preseason. I'm really not sure why they brought yep. him back over Showfield, but um, in this game, I mean, he was going up against Von Miller, and honestly, like he looked pretty good, decent enough for for somebody who's a backup quality at best. So, I thought those guys did good. Um, McCarey as well. I, I thought overall was good. He did have a penalty in the game though. Yeah, Lamar was under duress and for for a little bit of the game, but uh, you know, overall, I thought they did a decent job of of keeping guys off him. Uh, for the most part, were a few later hits than, you know, than the ordinarily, we you know, that we like. But, um, yeah, got to give credit to, uh, to Joe D, uh, Coach Joe D, uh, for really just, you know, continuing to just get a lot of production out of, you know, all these depth guys, um, continuing to field a, a good offensive line, no matter, you know, who's playing week after week.
0: Yeah, it, it wasn't a perfect game at all from the offensive line, but I thought overall, both from a run uh, blocking and pass protection standpoint, it was overall a pretty good showing for the Ravens against a formidable front seven, probably the best front seven they've faced this year. I thought uh, Villanueva held his own pretty well in this game. Again, looking much more comfortable at left tackle than at right tackle. Zeitler and Bozeman had a good showing as well. McCarry got beat a couple times at the right tackle position and... Ben Cleveland and Ben Powers, I think Ravens are still trying to figure out which of those two guys should take that slot. Both of them had some good plays, and then both of them definitely showed some weaknesses, and Powers at one point got completely blown up. I think it was at the end of the first half when the Ravens were trying to score a touchdown there. He just landed right on his back, and then Cleveland, I did note, looked pretty good in the run game from what I saw, but they tried to do a pull with him in the second half, I wish I had the game time written down, but I don't at the moment, and he pulled, but he didn't find anyone to block. It just was too slow, and the defender got there before he could, Um, Mm -hmm. so some growing pains for both these guys, but I think that they both have talents. Obviously, Cleveland's the guy that we're higher on right now because what he came in with all the accolades when he was drafted, but that's definitely the the spot on the line right now that is the weakest, presuming Villanueva uh, really isn't that dinged up from this injury.
2: Yeah, I think the biggest thing was the drive-killing uh, penalties. Uh, what, a, what a heartbreak for all the Mark Andrews fantasy managers out there. Uh, the guy was wide open. Andre Smith called for a, a face mask.
0: I wouldn't have to be uh, worried about what Kenyon Drake is going to do tonight against Chris. If Andrews said if that penalty hadn't happened.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Raven's recap was impacted. <laughs> um, I think, I think the, the penalties, man, that's the biggest thing that they need to clean up. Uh, I thought the run blocking was just okay. Uh, one, one point I made during the game was that I felt like Powers should be in there over Cleveland after Villanueva went out because I thought his pass pro would be, um, the better thing at that point. Um, Candidly, when I rewatched the game, I forgot to write down the notes to that, so <laughs> I'll have to go back and check. But I think it's a good listener exercise, quote unquote. Uh, it's to see <laughs> if the Ravens felt the same way. Um, so I'll, I'll go back and, and report on Twitter uh, <laughs> what I saw. But uh, yeah, that that was uh, that was the the big thing. I think the O line like hung in there against that front seven. Overall, did what they needed to do. Gave Lamar the time to pass that he needed, although he did. Get three sacks and was hurt a couple times, but uh, Lamar did Lamar things and, and made it work. I tell you, man, with all the injuries they've had, shout out, like you said, to the coaching staff. They may, they're they making it work.
0: It's incredible that we've gotten to this, all, and we've talked so much right now, and yet we really haven't talked about Lamar Jackson yet to this point, which I think is interesting. This win was really the definition of a team win, I felt, all across the board. Um, there were great performances that, that led into the eventual victory. Really, I don't think one guy really stood out as paying. Like, this guy had a super game. I think just everyone kind of had pretty good games, and that all came together really well. Uh, Lamar Jackson, I know I predicted he would have uh, a huge game against this defense, which I think he did, just not in the scoring per- uh, department. We talked about he had a touchdown call back did have the one touchdown to Hollywood which you already talked about which was surprising uh I want to bring up that our poll over on Twitter had 22 votes we had four options for how many touchdowns would Lamar score two of you I want to figure out who you guys were had no faith in Lamar and said he would have zero which I'm pretty sure would have been the first of his career uh in the regular (laughs) season (laughs) I think he's the only game he had had zero offensive touchdowns there were Pretty uh, A lot of votes for two and three plus. Three plus would win, one fifty percent of the poll, two finished at 40% of the poll, but the actual number was one touchdown from Lamar Jackson, which none of us picked. <laughs> so I thought that was funny, but <laughs> yeah, I think second week in a row, uh, the passing from Lamar, really crisp, really on point with a lot of plays, uh, just hitting guys in stride. He's overthrown a bit on the deep brawls from time to time, but... I love, love that the Ravens are continuing to to force this guy to or, or to open up the playbook and let him take these shots. Uh, we saw this in 2012 with Flacco. Flacco, the Ravens just kept trying on those deep shots, and in the second half of 2012, in particular, if I recall correctly, uh, there were more misses than hits uh, in the regular season. But uh, we all know what happened when playoffs came around, and just the deep ball was just magic. So, I think you know the deep passing ball is going through some some growing pains with this offense, uh, but if the Ravens keep at it, then it's just going to add another dimension to the game. And, and defenses are giving it to him right now. They're daring the Ravens to beat him with the pass. And for the past two weeks, Lamar's just been like, all right, who do you want me to throw to? We got plenty of options here.
1: (laughs) Yeah, man. I love where this offense is heading. Like we talked about earlier, right? We're just so excited to have guys like Bateman and Boykin back because, that's really going to, I think, add just another dimension to this offense of, you know, everyone knows that the Ravens are all about the run game, and they've really had to work really hard to try and retool that, given all the injuries at that position. But over the last, like, two weeks, they've really kind of refocused the team and be like, okay, we're not going to worry about that so much, we're not going to force it, we're really going to open up the pass, and we're going to, I'm hoping that at least Roman's doing that to be able to kind of lean a little bit more on the pass to open up the run, things like that, but You know, as soon as teams figure out, hey, the Ravens are now a passing team, like, let's double down on that. That's exactly when guys like Boykin and Bateman are going to be back. And then we're going to have more and more of these options to be able to open up for Omar. And with Andrews getting better, with Hollywood getting better, Watkins still dependable. Like, it's, it's amazing to think of just how many options that we have out there that could really make an impact on this team. And that's not even talking about any of the running backs, any of the tight ends that we have aside from Andrews. Boyle again we haven't even talked about Boyle coming back Boyle is also going to be another option that Lamar can trust it's awesome I mean I I think I think the the best is yet to come for Lamar I think even though this is only the second game that he's he's had over 300 yards I think more of those are going to come this season for sure he's going to double that he might even triple that it's it's going to happen
2: I mean just kind of going back to the top guys like if you're going to dare to Lamar Jackson to pass on you to win challenge accepted and uh you're making yourself your own death note, in my opinion.
0: All right. Well, I guess now we're going to go into our MVPs, which I don't know about you guys. For me, it was tough for like I, what I just said a couple minutes ago. I felt like this was a huge team win. For me, I'm going to give some love to Anthony Averett. We've talked about him. He had some big plays in this game, and it's just incredible to see how much he's developed as a player from the, just from the past couple seasons and really just stepping up great, with injuries coming up, he's had to play in bigger spots than he would have had, um, if things had gone as they were planned. Great game by him. He's continuing to play well.
1: Yeah, for me, I'm gonna give it to Ty Spouser. I feel like he had the quietest two sack performance that anybody has ever had as a Raven. And while yeah, entirely you know, that wasn't entirely on him. I mean, I think a lot of it was scheme. Like at the end of the day, I think he was beating this guy one on one and uh, making the plays when he needed to and I don't think anybody was expecting that from him. So shout out to, to Tyus for uh, quite a game from him.
2: Great picks, guys. Tyus Bowser, um, we talked to, I think, last week that he was having a bit of a quiet start. So really exciting to see him make a big splash with two sacks this game. And, uh, of course, Averett with his interception late to allow the Ravens to continue the streak of uh, rushing for 100 yards, tying the record by the Steelers. And hoping to break it next week against Indianapolis. I'm going to go ahead and say my honorable mention was Chuck Clark, but he's gone this before. So, therefore, I'm going with James Prochet. Dude, you <laughs> finally did it in the regular season. He got some first downs for us five catches, I think, for 72 yards. Awesome. Awesome work from Prochet, showing that a 5'11 guy can go ahead, get the ball, tough it out, and get a first down. Kudos to you. With that, we're going to wrap up this episode of Raven's Recap. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, We're excited to say that we're now on Spotify, so if that's where you like to listen to podcasts, make sure to give us a subscription and follow there. You can follow us on Twitter, Ravens underscore Recap, for those awesome polls that Peter's been putting up and other uh, great takes and information around the Ravens. And also email us, feedback at RavensRecap.com. We're about to talk about the next game, Monday Night Football against the Colts with friend of the show Pete breaking down that team who looks a little different than the last time we saw them and letting us know the key matchups we need to pay attention to. We'll see you then.